Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The panel. Andrew Gordy joins us uh, quite often, does on a Wednesday actually, which is cool. And uh, so too Kimberly Downs uh, joins us as well. So... Uh, big night uh, for, I guess, sporting reporters, but sporting people in this country because it's uh, Halberg's time, uh, Andrew Gordy. Uh, have you got any absolute standouts there? I looked through the categories. Very, very strong. Very, very strong. Uh, morning to you, Smithy. Morning, Kim. Uh, morning to all the listeners as well. Um, there's an obvious standout, isn't there? I mean, the Queen is going to be uh, it's going to be the Queen's coronation tonight, I think. Uh, Dame Lisa Carrington, it's all, it's all really going to be about her, isn't it? Let's be honest, um, especially knowing the way, the way the judges vote, but she thoroughly deserves this. I mean, obviously, uh, Tokyo saw her become our, our greatest Olympic athlete ever. Um, but not only that, she was, I mean, if you look through the, the individual athletes, the standout individual athletes of the Tokyo Olympics, she was, she was right up there uh, with, with three gold medals. So she's going to deserve uh, absolutely everything tonight. But, yeah, to, to cut a long story short, it's, it's really going to be all about her tonight. What about cricket? Do you see cricket getting anything? Williamson, uh, Sled? Yeah. If, if it was my decision, honestly, and, and, yeah, I mean, obviously for the News Hub, we've, uh, the, the, a lot of the sports department have put together their selections. And, yeah, for me, Black Hats Team of the Year, I, and I'd even go Gary Sled Coach of the Year, uh, and for me, Ross Taylor's uh, having the winning runs is the is the sporting moment of the year as well. So yeah, you can pretty clearly wow. see where my allegiances lie. Do I think that's how it'll pan out? Absolutely not, because yeah, the, the our Halberg judges always go for the Olympic sports, don't they? So I absolutely expect uh, probably none of those three to win the awards, frankly. So so Gordon, you're not a judge, uh, clearly, no? No, no, I'm not. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. K- Kim- Kimberly Kimberly Downs, can you declare whether you're a judge or not? Um, I am not a judge either, so I'm also free to kind of uh, make some of the assertions that Cordy has on whatever topic you would like me to opine on. <laughs> okay, Kimberly. then. Uh, let's uh, look at your picks, bearing in mind uh, very little from Taranaki in the offing. I know, I know. That's pleasing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, look, I'm... I mean, you have to agree with, with Gordy there in terms of the fact that it's going to be Dame Lisa Carrington's night. There's just no one that um, comes close, really. I, I suspect anyone and anything attached to her will also um, be a winner on the night. I, do, I would say I do think it's a little bit of a shame, though, on a night which is all about sporting celebration and success, and particularly, like Gordy said, about Dame Lisa's coronation, effectively, is that it will be such a scaled-down event because of the red light setting. Mm. So that sort of thing is, is a bit of a shame. Um, 
But, yeah, I, I fully expect it to be all about her. I suspect Dame Sophie Pascoe um, will again walk away with the, with the Paralympic award. Um, I, team, for me, is, is the trickiest one. I know Gordy goes hard. Black Caps, I think it's, it's probably unfortunate for the Blackburn Sevens that they're not going to get a look in. I suspect the judges will end up going with the rowing eight. Um, coach, I also think is really tricky. I Particularly if the Black Caps were to somehow win the team of a uh, 10-year award, I would like to see Alan Bunting and Corey Sweeney pick that up. Again, do I think that'll happen? Uh, probably not. But, you know, this is always the fun of it, isn't it? We get to, uh, we get to sit there, see who wins the award, debate about it afterwards, um, and, you know, we'll just keep chatting sports. So, win-win. Okay, uh, Gord, let's stay on the subject of cricket, shall we? A two-and-a-half-day test match, uh, which I just cannot fathom how poor South Africa were as good as we were. Mm. I just can't work, that, I can't work myself uh, through that. And I find uh, it very hard to believe they can turn it around in a short space of time. Uh, how are you looking at test match number two? Well, well, first of all, Smithy, I mean, we, we were having this conversation last week and you and I were both, I think we both agreed that the Black Caps deserved to be underdogs heading into that first test yep. and, and we're, we're going to face a serious, serious test across the two matches. Uh, like you, I absolutely, I'm gobsmacked, frankly, at how poor South Africa were right across the board. And, you know, credit to the Black Caps. They, they have really bounced back, haven't they, from that, that, uh, that first test defeat against Bangladesh. They... They absolutely trounced Bangladesh in the second test, and then they've come out and delivered another another really really strong performance, both with bat and ball in the field. Um, they were utterly dominant. But I just cannot cannot believe how weak South Africa were with the bat. Um, but the fielding, I, I just I couldn't. It was it was village stuff. Frankly, it brought back memories of grey cricket that I frankly didn't ever want to have to think about again. Um, just the it was. It was appalling uh, to see some of those catches drop. These were like these were dollies, really, that they, they should have been taking. And it's hard to imagine how a team they must be terribly low on confidence. And and knowing how how well the Black Caps play uh, at, at Hagley Oval, I simply can't see them losing this test. That's for sure. I mean, South Africa might get up, and we might have con- different sort of conditions in this test that that mean that they can drag this out, and they they might be able to secure a draw, but. Certainly, I can't see the tables being turned at all. And, yeah, I think we can look forward to a first-ever series win against South Africa. Hopefully, they can win it um, to see them, yeah, incredibly, I suppose, return to the top of the, the ICC test rankings. And, and, you know, that'd be some achievement, really. It certainly would have. Who would have thought um, a month ago when they lost to Bangladesh, they could have turned it around that quickly uh, to uh, the dominant way that they, uh, the dominant manner that they've been able to do it as well. Uh, news time uh, here on SENZ. More from Andrew Gordy and Kimberly Downs after that. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It is uh, 10.32 here on SENZ. I uh, understand Andrew Gordy uh, wants to have uh, make a point or two about uh, Sportsman of the Year very shortly. But, um, uh, of course, and we'll give him that opportunity as well, Kimberly, as uh, otherwise... <laughs> He'll get he'll get shitty and he won't answer the phone next time round. So we will, uh, Kimberly. Here's here's, here's one for you because uh, I mean COVID COVID yeah COVID is a word we associate with sport like uh, batting, bowling, catching, kicking, um, whatever, punching these days. Uh, 
Uh, we just have to get used to it. And, and you actually, Kimberly, I, I believe you sat down with uh, Sula Fitzpatrick, who has had uh, COVID and, and had a chat to her about it. Yeah, I, I did yesterday. It was a really interesting insight, and I think I was I was very grateful for the opportunity because if there's one thing we haven't probably heard enough from it is from athletes who have experienced it and and what they're going through when you're talking about it in a sporting context. Um, and sort of Fitzpatrick, I mean, she is a wonderful leader, a wonderful role model. She's very open, um, very engaging to talk to all of the time. And it's it's really sad what she's had to experience since she got COVID. It's, it's the physical symptoms, I think. She talks about how she was emotionally overwhelmed from a mental standpoint. Um, isolation during that period while she was recovering was really, really hard for her. And now looking forward, and this is something that a lot of athletes potentially are going to have to deal with. We haven't heard yet from, you know, any of the Moana Pacifica boys who are caught up in, in this in Super, for example, but it's, it's the uncertainty, it's the unknowns, and, and what we were talking about was how when there's an injury and sometimes even an illness for an athlete, there's often a really set time frame that you can work towards. You know, you break your leg, you're in a cast for X amount of time, you're walking by X amount of time, you're expected to be back to full fitness by a certain level of time. But for her, she's saying she doesn't know, and, and the medical staff around her openly say, look, they're not really sure when they're talking about time frames because this virus affects athletes in such different ways, or people in general in such different ways. They don't actually know with any sort of certainty how to impact the individual and what that then means for their recovery. So in Sulu's case, it's been really hard because she's had uh, she's had limited training time. She's really had to restrict herself because she's saying light training sessions feel like they were full-on conditioning sessions for her. Her heart rate uh, has been having to be monitored and she's got to keep her, levels, um, her heart rate levels uh, between certain... Uh, her, sorry, her heart rate between certain levels. Her lungs are still recovering as well and so she's still having some difficulties there she's not sure whether she'll be able to play in that first um, match of the ANZ Premiership season and so for me it was just a really good insight into actually what a lot of people are going to have to go through and the ongoing ramifications of that as well of course the impact on your family what it means for them how you then best protect them um, and particularly from an athlete perspective how you manage to do it when your trade is, is effectively your body. That is that is how you make your money, is playing sports. So it is something that a lot of, of people, a lot of athletes are going to have to tackle and work their way through. And I just think we're in for a really interesting time and a lot of uh, individual scenarios that are, are going to fluctuate fairly wildly uh, because there's really just no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to this virus. Yeah. Uh, very interesting, actually. You know, you know, as you say, we don't hear from uh, too many athletes, high-profile ones that have, have been through it and come out uh, the other side. I do, I do, I do see, though, uh, Novak Djokovic. Uh, Djokovic is back playing um, in an ATP event where he's the number one CD coaster through in the first round. So quite clearly he's been accepted uh, back into the fold in some regard. Anyway, OK, uh, Andrew Gordy, uh, I hear they've just finished building your soapbox. Off you go. <laughs> Look, no, I mean, as you could probably tell by um, by our, our earlier conversation, 
I'm not a fan of the Halberg Awards. I've never been a fan of the Halberg Awards. And this year, I've got to say, there's one category in particular that has, has really, um, well, it's pissed me off, frankly. And I just think it's a really sad indictment on the Halbergs and the way they run and the way they're judged. I just cannot get my head around the fact that James McDonald, after the year he has had, how on earth is he not at least a finalist in the Sportsman of the Year category. I mean, there is literally nothing else that that guy could have done to prove that he is absolutely uh, the best in this part of the world, certainly, uh, at what he does. And I think there's a strong argument to say he is the very best jockey in the world. He's, he won the Melbourne Cup. He won the richest race on turf in the world in the, in the, uh, the Tab Everest. He won 12 Group 1 races. Like, he is... He is such a consistent rider, but he consistently delivers in the, the biggest and best races of all. Set a new record for wins across the Melbourne Spring Carnival. I just can't understand why people, and, and I'm really actually interested, and I'd love to speak to one of the judges to find out what sort of information do they get? Because everyone knows what a gold medal at the Olympics means, right? They, they know that that's the pinnacle of the sport, and, and, and that's an easy thing to mark by. But, but when it comes to sports that they clearly don't know quite as much about, what sort of information are they getting? How are they putting these achievements into, into a context that they can understand? And I think that's something that the Halberg Awards really needs to work on, the information that they're providing to the judges so that they can make a fully informed opinion on what one person's achievement in one sport is and how it compares to the ones that we all know. We, we all know what a World Cup means. We all know what an Olympic gold medal means. Um, but yeah, this is one that I, I personally I cannot get my head around, and I think I think James has been absolutely robbed this year in France. Okay, so what what you're saying there is um, they could have uh, there's five in the in the sports women's category. Um, they could have perhaps extended it to five, so no one missed out. And I guess what you're also saying is there, Gords. What's the difference? Uh, some people will say he's not doing it in New Zealand for New Zealand, uh, and some and you'll turn around and say, well, what about Scott Dixon? How come he gets nominated? Yeah. Exactly. Scott Dixon, I mean, you, you could argue the same about Israel Adesanya. He's, a, he's an individual athlete who's competing for himself. Um, one thing I will say, and I'm, and I'm clearly not going to name names here, but I did speak to one judge about, about this very issue, and they said to me, look, I'll be honest, I think myself personally, I don't know enough about the sport, I don't know enough, I don't understand enough about the sport, and I think a lot of the fellow judges would just purely look at this and go, well, the horse does all the work. Now, that is fundamentally not understanding, not just, not just horse racing, it's not understanding sport and not having, having an open mind to go, right, what role has, has this person played? It's, it's, like, it's like motor racing. Well, isn't it the car that does all the hard work rather than the driver? It's, it's actually identical situation. You can't, you can't appreciate a, a driver in motorsports achievements and completely ignore the role of a jockey and... In, a, in horse racing. Um, like I say, James, James has done absolutely everything that, that he can do in the sport this year. Um, and it's really, I think, holding on on the Halberg Trust to do more to inform their judges about the achievements of these athletes um, because clearly the judges aren't doing the work themselves to figure it out. I wish Kimberly, I in 12 months' time... ...about anything okay. in my life as Gordy does about this. <laughs> I just look, well, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you as well. I've, I've been I've, I've been equally passionate about about other um, other decisions made by by the Halberg Trust and by the judges uh, in previous years. Like there there are times when it is so obvious 
that the judging panel only cares about Olympic sports. And in fact, I, I think there's a strong argument, really, often, to say that the purpose of the Halberg Awards is purely to recognise and, uh, and celebrate the achievements of athletes and teams in sports that are funded by the government. And, and I think it's time for that to end because, yeah, the, it's really undermining the integrity of what should be uh, the night and the event that cele- truly celebrates excellence in sport. Andrew Gordy, there was some uh, very strong thoughts. Um, Kimberley Downs in 12 months' time. Uh, we may well be talking about this and adding uh, a couple of Winter Olympians into the mix. I think we damn well should be. Uh, incidentally, uh, is anybody happy that anybody's home from the Winter Olympics yet? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we should, to answer the first part of your question, Smithy. Uh, absolutely, we will be adding those names into the mix. Um, and particularly, I guess, by, by way of her going first, Zoe sadowski Senate, given she was the first ever to win gold for New Zealand at the Winter Olympics. Uh, in answer to your second part of your question, I assume you are alluding to the fact that my fiancé is now back in New Zealand uh, after reporting on those games. He's very happy about that. He is holed uh, up currently in his MIQ facility in Auckland, so we'll be looking forward to taking him uh, a few treats, including, I think, a good old flat white a little bit later on. Uh, no pressure, Gord, but he's your colleague, so I hope you're coming to the party as well. Yeah, actually, this is the first I've heard about this. I didn't realise that he was uh, he might be doing an Auckland. So yes, we'll certainly uh, myself and the and the new sub crew will certainly uh, do our, do our best to, to send Ollie a few treats. Uh, he's definitely been a gold medalist for us uh, over the last couple of weeks there in Beijing. Um, I really enjoyed seeing him uh, absolutely freezing, uh, not not quite to the finished skier sort of levels, but um, he's been absolutely. Uh, Freezing his ass off there um, during two-way checks uh, ahead of his live crosses, so he'll be he'll be pleased to be back home uh, in sunny conditions. That's for sure. Um, and just uh, to, nothing to turn like this a nice a, uh, media to turn this into a media medal-winning round uh, all round. I will also shout out here Jordan Offit from TVNZ who managed in the yeah, live cross to catch a light that was blown over at her, and um, has also done a phenomenal job. So I think we've been well represented on that front, although I have an admitted bias. Oh. No, I, I, I totally agree. I, I think the, the coverage has been absolutely fantastic. The performance has been outstanding. Outstanding. Nothing like a warm cuddle. Uh, I would imagine Kimberly to uh, warm someone up if they were just a little bit cold. Um, but here's, uh, here's, uh, just just before we just before we go, Kimberly, I'm going to give you the last shot at this because I'm sick of the sound of Gordy's voice. To be perfectly honest, but um, the, the super. <laughs> Yeah, and Kate too. Um, here's the here's the thing. Uh, super rugby, super rugby, super rugby looks like it, it's emerging. It's emerging from Queenstown very quickly. The Chiefs are on their way home already. Yes, <laughs> it has been a little bit quicker than anticipated. Although I think, I mean, New Zealand rugby did kind of you know say there were no action specific dates originally, and that they might come out of it at varying times and all sorts of things, but. I mean, they're working, aren't they, within the system that they've got at the moment and trying to make best decisions based on on the existing system. It does make me wonder whether anything will now change with the rugby opening as well. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, it's, the whole Queenstown bubble, I think we'll look back on it in six months probably and just look at each other and go, oh, did that happen? Okay, that did happen. That was quite a weird time, wasn't it? 
Okay, Kimberly Downs and Andrew Gordy, thanks very much for your time this morning. Actually, Kimberly, just a one word answer. When does uh, when does Ollie get out of um, of uh, MIQ? Uh, Wednesday, I believe. Okay, so we'll call you next Wednesday and see how it's going. Okay, thanks very much for your time, uh, Kimberly Downs and Andrew Gordy. There with the panel.